Good morning, church. And it's good to be back in the building again. But um, as we know, the church is the people and I trust that you are doing well. It's been an interesting week for me and I wanted to, um, I was going to share and finish the one John um, uh, Bible, uh, Bible study that we've been doing. And but I, this week I've really gone through a bit of uh, some soul searching and really been affected by what's been going on in America. And I trust that you have seen um, the news and seen this um, horrific event of um, this uh, George Floyd who's died at the hands of police officers and what that's all brought up again as we often go through these cycles of uh, violence and uh, in where it shouldn't be. And, uh, and this isn't just something across the pond. This is something that this whole issue is just as relevant to us in this country. And um, so I've been struggling this week, really, um, just feeling grieved by the whole situation. And I struggled to think about talking about what I was going to share on 1 John 5. And I was thinking that I just felt uncomfortable, really. I just felt that um, we, we need to take these opportunities to reflect. And so this morning, I just want to share some of my reflections um, as I've been soul searching, really. And what I mean by that is, is really just taking time out before the Lord and saying, Lord, is there anything in me? And, um, you know, this isn't about politics. You know, I, I'm not a great um, believer that the pulpit is about politics. Um, but this is about people and this is about people that we live with and we rub shoulders with that are in our families and in our workplaces, in our communities. This is real stuff. And and this is really about prejudice. This is about stuff that's in our understandings, in our hearts deep down that we may not really know is there. And it takes some time to reflect and consider and really ask by God's grace that he comes and reveals things that need to be um, taken away. And, and I don't want to, uh, part of my struggles was that I didn't just want to join a bandwagon or, or um, you know, give some lip service to this whole thing and then by next week we move on and we we don't see any change in this matter and i'm conscious that um as you are fully aware i'm a white man and um so my perspective on this is no way in any close to what to understand what people are going through and um and i'm, I'm also a leader in the church i'm a leader in my family and i think it's really important that leaders show that as leaders set the tone often for whatever they're responsible for, um, show some responsibility and some humility and seeking and um, encourage those that are part, in part they are responsible for. Um, there's no point saying things if you're not willing to do it. So my journey this week has been really one of uh, reflecting and, you know, um, I can never understand what a black man or woman goes through. I can never understand that. And I'm, um, any, if anything, I say that this sermon is not going to be necessarily a well-structured sermon. I may get things wrong. I may not understand things. But I hope that what I portray is a desire to understand and a desire to look into my own heart before God and say, Lord, is there any grievous thing in me? Lead me in the way of everlasting, as Psalm 139 says. So, um I certainly don't want to offend anyone or assume anything on anyone that's listening. But I think as a church, this is something that we need to think about. 
And uh, I just want to remind you of that Psalm 139. At the end, end, verses 23 and 24, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that's what I mean by soul searching. I don't mean looking into ourselves to see how we ourselves can fix ourselves because we know that we can't do that. It is really about opening up our hearts, laying it bare and saying, Lord, will you search me and will you not only find those things revealed to me, but will you also save me, set me free, wash me, cleanse me, forgive me um, of having certain attitudes and prejudices. You know, um, there's been a lot on social media. There's been um, Blackout Tuesday. There's Black Lives Matter, these hashtags. And, um, and, and rightly so, and that's, that's you know, commendable. I think we, we immediately go to our own thoughts and we consider and we think of those that we love. And it's great to see people supporting their friends and family who are black and saying we're standing with you. But the thing about social media is that it is easy to put a picture or a note up on social media. It's easy to do that. And, um, and the, the, the thing about easy social media is that it doesn't really change anything unless we actually look at ourselves. And that's when it becomes hard. And this isn't about being guilty either. I'm sure there are many people, um, when I look at myself, there may be guilt that rises. And um, it isn't about feeling guilty. It isn't about my feelings at all. And guilt doesn't change anything. It might reveal these attitudes and these things, but it doesn't change anything. Um, it's not about blame either. Although we may point to where things blame, we may look at our um, society, our history, our upbringing, or whatever we may look at. But even if we allocate blame, it doesn't change the situation. And so, there, you know, the way to really find change is that there has to be a searching of our hearts. There has to be humility. There has to be repentance, and there has to be um, a desire and a prayer of God to come and change our hearts. If we cannot change in ourselves as a church, how can we see change in our community? Uh, we need to lead our community in the ways that are right before God. And there's so much in scripture that says so much about God's love for the nations. He doesn't divide people out into different things and say these people deserve less. He has a heart for everyone. And now I want to be honest with you. Um, it's a bit easier to be honest in front of a camera, but, you know, um, willing to say that I don't consider myself a racist. Um, and I don't expect many of us listening would consider ourselves a racist. But it's not just about whether we call ourselves racists. It's about when we allow it, when we actually stop and think about it, do we realise actually there are racist thoughts, there are attitudes and prejudices, you know, and are we willing to lay that open before the Lord? I read in the news this week about two gangs fighting in the street. And as I just read that headline, in my mind, I pictured these black teenagers fighting each other. And then when I turned on and actually read the article and looked at the pictures, they weren't black, they were white. Why did I think they were black? Why does my mind go to certain things? I wonder what colour they were in your mind. You know, I, I thought through many um, scenarios and considered actually how, how is it that I came to those conclusions? You know, I look at our heritage and having to think about this and... You know, for me, white British, um, I know there are others here that are British citizens but come from a different country. But when I look at my heritage and we look back at the British Empire that swept across the African continent and we look at 
um, how the white man came to save Africa from themselves and even white missionaries going over uh, creating uh, Christians in their own image. And I know these are broad sayings and we can't, I'm not judging individuals because we know that God sent people to, to really make an impact on lives. But when we look at these kind of things, these understandings in our own minds, when we think about what that does in our society, how that creates a superior mindset and how even in Christian circles, I won't mention them, but hearing certain things said that essentially fortify that understanding um, but we wouldn't have thought it to be racist. It would have just felt normal. And, and as I've been reflecting on this, I've been realizing that actually, I think some of my heritage as a white British man has in, created an, um, a perspective that is just not true. It's not considering what has actually been lost because of what we've done in our country in the past. And, um, you know, are we as uh, as whites superior to our black brothers and sisters. And, and I could hear everyone saying, well, certainly no. But sometimes when we actually allow ourselves to think, we might realize that for some that we don't know, uh, black people in our community that we don't know, we jump to conclusions, we, that's prejudice. Um, and, I, and I think that our heritage has caused that. I think our British empire that um, swept across the African continent has created in us as a nation, deep down maybe for some, more on the surface for others, but something was there and, and I'm quite happy to be disagreed with that. But these are the thoughts that have, as I've reflected, I've gone through these and I've asked, what is it that's formed these kind of understandings? When the, when the, the Black Panther film came out, um, there was such a buzz, there was such a celebration amongst the black community. And to be honest, I didn't understand it. I thought the film was pretty good. I enjoyed it, but I didn't get it until I did. And then I, I understood with help just chatting actually with, with um, Adam Ball, which actually helped me at some point when he was talking. And it, I started to understand what the British Empire did to the, uh, to the African continent. In many people's eyes, it was to save them, but it was because of our, our way of management, we could create a society that was better than what they had before. But actually what we did was not only did we rob them of their natural resources, not only did slavery come out in these, in these times, but actually we robbed them of the potential of creating a future that is based on their own culture and their own uh, instincts and desires. And, no one knows what that could look like. What could, that could have looked like today if the white man didn't go in and take away and rob them of that possibility. And what the Black Panther film did, it presented a future, a present, as it were, that was not touched by a white man. And it was, it was in their culture. It, was, it celebrated who they were. It was untouched by uh, uh, the, the, the white man, if you like, uh, ideas. And I started to understand that. And um, another thing to think about is that if you're listening to this like me and you're white, this isn't about making this about us. It isn't about making um, really about how we feel in this. It's not really about how we feel about whether we feel guilty, or whether we feel uh, grieved or whether we feel angry or whatever we feel. This isn't really about us. But it, what we must do is we must actually see what opportunity we have to bring the love of God to the nations and we have to understand in our own hearts what are the obstacles of that.
And when I say taking the love of God to the nations, I don't mean going overseas on mission fields. I mean, I mean in our communities, in our streets, in our church. What are the obstacles that stop me and you from approaching someone, from walking across the room? What are the obstacles? You know, in heaven, there's a new song that's going to be sung. And it's this song. It says this, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The vision and the heart of God is this one people out of many nations. And it's, it's sad when you read and you hear of many people who purport to be Christians who um, seek to continue to establish divide based on colour or culture. In John's vision, he sees a multitude of people. He says this, after I looked and behold, a great, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I know there's an amen coming from us because no one can disagree with that. No one, I think, in our church would have any problem. In fact, we're all saying yes and amen. That's our heart. And that's our heart for the church, that our church reflects that even now, that it is diverse and it is full of different nations and cultures and colours. And we are one and we are his priests and we are reflective of, of heaven on earth. And yet our church isn't. And there may be many reasons that are even coming into your mind as to why that might be. And they may be justifiable or they may not be. But we've got to start with a question to our own hearts. We've got to look in our hearts and say, is there a reason, is there a fear uh, of change that would increase that? Um, what, we're, what we're seeing in today's world is that there are more and more missionaries coming from Africa, South America, um, into England. And I wonder whether that disturbs you, whether that causes you a kind of a sense of, oh, but we are the ones that go out to the rest of the world. These are effectively racist attitudes because we are counting their colour or their background on based on whether they have something to offer us. That's how I feel. Something in me is bothered by that. And that's wrong. And that's sin. James says in chapter 2, verse 8 to 13, if we really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. You are doing well, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and convicted by the law as transgressors. Partiality, you could put the word prejudice. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In other words, he's saying we have a higher law when it comes to how we interact with people, how we receive people. Just before that passage, he's talking about the rich and the poor. Um, but prejudice is prejudice. However you 
um, whatever in whichever way it is, that is the sin. And I just want really to ask you and encourage you to do some soul searching yourself. No one's judging anyone here, and I'm certainly not judging you. I'm just particularly judging myself. And, uh, you know, and I've had it to lay my heart before God in humility and repentance because I don't want anything to stop me from enjoying the potential of another brother, whatever colour they are, another sister, whatever colour they are, because that's what sin does. It robs us of the blessings of God. And we, even now, can be being robbed of blessings because something is stopping us. You know, I wonder if walking down the road and you see a black man approaching, does something in you start to concern yourself that isn't there when a white man does? Now, I know that these things don't make us racist, but what it shows is there is something, an influence that's been in our lives that is at the core of what we're seeing in America. Unless we are willing to open up our hearts and allow God to search our hearts and to find those grievous things and then from that to lead us out of that into the way, those eternal ways of God, unless we're not willing to do that. Now, I'm confident that we are willing. Now, you may not be in the same position as me, and that's, that's great. We have our own walk before the Lord. But I just feel that as a church, we have an opportunity here. So are you willing to do some soul searching? Are you willing to want to a one-to-one with God, just bear it all and just give him time and give yourself time to not get guilty, but to get real with God and ask God to unveil those things that are not right, that are not Jesus, that are not godly, that are of prejudice, and ask us, ask him to, Lord, will you correct that? Are you willing to recognise these things and repent and actively change our assumptions about people and actually to walk across the room on the basis that even if these thoughts come up, we ignore them because they're not right before God. And I'm entering into something here which could be a great blessing for me to, to lift up our, our, our faces and smile to those that we walk, across, that we walk past in the street to recognise where there's fear and we invite God in to deal with that fear. We say, Lord, will you give me the right response? Will you give me peace? Will you heal if there's healing that's needed? Will you come and just wash me clean of anything that shouldn't be there? Are you willing to change and make that practical change in our church? You know, if it meant that we could see this church diverse and we had to change the way we did it would you be willing for that change to happen you know one of the smallest words that can be assigned to prejudice is only three letters long and this is something i've said a lot this week as i've just reflected and mused and considered what what it is that's going on inside of me and it's the word but see sometimes we well, this is my experience, we respond to certain things with a but and a justification. And if that's coming to you now, just lay that down, even if you're butting, lay it down and say, Lord, I know what I want. I want to be like Jesus, who didn't see what was on the external. He wasn't, they weren't judged by the accent that they had or the culture that they came from. 
They saw through that with eyes of God, eyes of love and acceptance and said, there is so much in that person that God has done in their life, which is such a blessing to me and I want to enjoy it. And I want to share what I have with them. That's what the church is, isn't it? Unity in diversity. And so we don't want to be robbed of the joy of relationship, of friendship, of gifting, of passion, of teaching that we, of learning and experience of our black brothers and sisters. And uh, prejudice is sin. And sin robs us, as I said, of the blessings of God. So I want to encourage you this, this morning, will you do some soul searching? Let's not let what's going on in America just remain over in America. We have an opportunity and a responsibility before God to stand up as his people, to love like no one else loves, to be accepting like no one else accepts because we are the church, we are his body, we are Christ on earth, we're his hands and his feet. But if there's any change that's gonna happen, if we don't first look in our hearts before God, with his help, find change, then nothing will change. And we want change. So I wanna leave that with you, I'm gonna pray. And, uh, and I'm sorry if I've offended anyone and I'm sorry if I've got things wrong. Um, and I really mean that. Um, but I wanna be real. And, uh, and I trust that you'll accept that and you will pray for me if you need to. But let's pray. Father, I want to pray for those who are hurting right now. I want to pray, Lord, for those who have to struggle every day purely on the basis of the colour of their skin. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's just in times, specific times. And I pray for those in America. I pray for the church there that it would rise up to know you working in their hearts in a powerful way. And Lord, for us, I just want to pray for us as a church that we would be open to you primarily, that we would search our hearts. More than that, Lord, that you would search our hearts and root out any grievous thing, Lord, and lead us out of it in the ways of everlasting. Lord, you are a wonderful God. And just pray, Lord, that you will come and move in our hearts and help us become more like you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Jesus, bring 